Good morning. Today's Daphne getting Pei Beis. We're starting today on Pei Aleph Amud Beis. We are at the Mishnah. Mishnah right in the middle of the Amud. And uh, our last discussion here in the 8th parak of the Masechta, and that's going to be by Get Makusha. Get Makusha, just a little bit of background. Uh, get Makusha literally is a tied up get. Tied up get, who's, what are we doing? We're tying up a get. Who, who are we doing that for? What is happening over here? Here on, we're on page 80, 81, 82, going on to 82. This is the first time that we're mentioning Get Makusha. Okay, I, I wouldn't mind if someone fact-checked me, but I really don't think that we discussed this earlier in the Masechta. I think this is really the first time that it's coming up. But meanwhile... Uh, it is uh, somewhat of a big topic, and that is the following. Uh, when a Cohen is now contemplating divorce, so this is now going to be a final decision that he's going to make regarding this particular woman, meaning when the Cohen divorces this woman, so that's it. He cannot remarry her. Uh, anyone who's not a Cohen and divorces a woman will have an opportunity to remarry her. In other words, upon reconsideration if they and reconciliation, if he wants to marry her again, he may do so. Now, obviously, let's just clarify, if she marries uh, somebody else in the interim, so that's it. She's also to this man. It doesn't matter if she's Cohen, non Cohen. But when it comes to a Cohen, however, and he divorces a woman, she's now a Grusha, obviously. And as a Grusha, he can't remarry her. So Cohen's not allowed to marry a Grusha. So uh, what the Chachamim did is the Chachamim said, you know what we're going to do? Uh, we're going to put a delay tactic, a stall tactic in the divorce process of a Cohen. The Cohen's going to divorce his wife. And you know what we want to do? Let's, let, let's, uh, let's stall. Uh, because Kohanim, and again, I'm saying this not because of any, this is not personal, this is not anecdotal, uh, this is just simply a general position the Chachamim took regarding Kohanim, and that is they're a little hot-headed. Now, again, I'm, you know, I'm always, you know, I'm always cautious, especially when I have Kohanim uh, here, uh, the, uh, and even if they're not here, you know, there was always cautious to say anything, you know, about anybody, but generally speaking, that's the, uh, that's the Gemara's, uh, the Gemara's uh, general feeling towards Kohanim, and and by the way, it's not a bad thing. In other words, it's a good thing that they are, uh, but they can be a little bit reactionary. And what's going to happen now is that the Cohen's going to be upset with his wife. In other words, dinner did not come out the way he, uh, he, he had it in his head. And okay, right. That's, oh, dinner wasn't good. Okay, no, that's it. Uh, the, uh, and he's going to divorce her. And if he's rash and if he's abrupt with his decision, so what's going to end up happening now is that he won't be able to remarry her. So he'll divorce him, won't be able to remarry her. So what the Chachamim did is that, you know what? We're going to put in a lengthier process where you're going to get a divorce, but the get is going to be more complex and more complicated. And in doing so, so basically it's going to slow down the whole process. And now, hopefully, by the time that we are somewhere within writing the get, he'll have calmed down and he'll have rethought his decision. And this is what's called a get makusha. Now, what is the opposite of a get makusha? Well, I say the opposite, meaning uh, for the rest of Klai Yisrael who are going to be divorcing their wives, so they're going to be using a regular get. It's what's called the get pushet. So in other words, a simple get. In other words, exactly what you and I would envision when we see a get, a, right, a single page, uh, 12 lines of writing, two witnesses signing on the bottom. That's what's called the get, uh, get pushet. So we really now have two different types of get. And a get for Kohanim called get makushar, and a get for the rest of us, which is called the get pushet. Um, within get makushar, so what is it? So what is it exactly? So over here, a picture would be worth a thousand words. However, we're not even limited to one picture, but there really were three different pictures. In other words, there are three basic sheets on the Rishonim, exactly what the Gemma is going to look like. For our purposes today, I'm just going to present Rashi. And even as I say I'm going to present Rashi, I'm not really going to present it visually. Over here, obviously, it'd be much better if we could see it visually. So, but anyway, according to Rashi, the Gemma basically looks like this. 
the sofa is going to be writing a couple of lines and now leaving over a little bit of blank space, folding over that blank space over that one or two lines that he wrote. And then what you're going to have is you're going to have now the age signing on the outside of the paper, meaning on the area where it's folded. It's folded internally. In other words, it's folded on writing against the blank space. And then the age is going to be signing on that. And that'll be fold number one. And you'll be doing a second, a second line or another couple lines of writing, folding over on that. And then the aiding signing on, on the back of that. And you're going to keep doing that fold after fold after fold until we fully finish folding the, the paper with all the aiding signing on the back. And we, and what we expect to find is however many folds there are on the, on the get, Makushar, that's the number of aiding that are going to be signing. You're going to be right. When we fold it, we're going to be sewing it and stitching it so that the, the fold holds in place. And, and, and yes, by the way, many people ask on Rashi, we're not, I don't want to get too involved in it because it's really whatever. It's a, it's a topic in of itself. But many people ask on Rashi, I don't understand. You're having the witnesses signing right in the middle of the writing of the get. That's not right. In other words, you have to first finish writing the get. Then you have the witnesses signing. So the way Rashi described it is a little bit tricky to understand. And, uh, and uh, not, I'm not asking an original question. These are questions that have already been asked on Rashi and answers have been given. Anyway, for our purposes right now, here's what we need to know. Okay, because I want to keep it nice and simple as we're going to go through the, uh, the sugya today. And that is for the get makushar. So it's a fold to get. The whole purpose of it is to slow the process down. So the Cohen reconsiders when he, when he divorces his wife. That's what we need to know. Here's also what we need to know. Standard, uh, standard signatures on a get is two signatures. In other words, we all know this. You need two aidim to sign on, on a get. When it comes to get makushar, you need minimum three aidim. But I say minimum. The reason why we say minimum is because it really depends on how many folds we have. You have to have a minimum of three folds and a minimum of three adim, right? One more than what I normally have. And in a moment that we're going to see the Gemara together, the Gemara is going to tell us that third aid requirement is a dindarabana, not a dindaraisa. Midaraisa, you only need two. But the Chachamim said that midaraban, you're going to require a third. So that's one point of consideration. And then let's say you add a fourth fold, a fifth fold. I need the number of adim as per the number of folds on the get makusha. Why? That question is going to be answered in just a moment when we get, when we start with the Gemara. We're gonna, the Gemara is gonna ask that question. The Gemara is gonna give an answer. So I will hold off on answering that question in just a moment. For our purposes right now, that's what we need to know. All those points that I just, I just outlined is the necessary information that we need. The details, more details regarding the Gemma what exactly it looks like, how it's made, how it's constructed, all important, but not for our purposes right now. So, so what happens now is the following. So you have a woman who was married to a Kohen and she got a divorce from a Kohen. But what kind of divorce did she get from a Kohen? She got a get kerech. Literally a bold get. A bold get meaning that uh, she did not have um, she did not have the proper number of signatures. How many, how many signatures do I need? The answer is as many folds as there are, that's how many signatures that I need. So right now one of the folds is missing a signature. It's called the bold get. Right? It's a great term. It's a great expression to describe it. It just simply means it's missing. Okay. So the, um, so, so over here now, she's using a deficient get in order to get remarried. And we have just got done discussing. Go back to yesterday's daf. Right? The number of occasions, yesterday, by the way, and the day before. Meaning, right? It's really the, the, the Mishnah that, that starts on Ayin Testament base. But a woman getting remarried using a deficient get, and we gave already numerous examples earlier in terms of what, what exactly uh, is a deficient get. So over here, here's another example. 
And by the way, if you, if you really want to follow carefully, which we're supposed to be doing, so you'll notice that this Mishnah should be following not the previous Mishnah, but two Mishnahs ago, or really three Mishnahs ago. Anyway, okay, I, if, okay, sorry, if you didn't understand that point, it's okay. The, uh, but, but meanwhile, this is another example where, uh, so what she's going to now do is that because she used an illicit get in order to get remarried, She's going to have to divorce her current husband. She's going to have to get another divorce from her from her original husband. And all the other Kanas penalties that we that we listed are back in Ein Tess, so they're also all going to come into play. Okay, now, so what we want to do now is that we want to fill in the blanks. So we're going to now get extra Adem. So who can now go ahead and, and sign on that extra on, on that, on that blank space. So according to Benanas, anybody, Hakol, anybody. Meaning even somebody who cannot normally perform Adus, uh, Adus responsibility, uh, I don't know, according to Benanas, let's say an Evan. Doesn't matter. According to Benanas, anyone can sign on it. And according to Rabbi Kiva, no. No. In other words, it has to be someone kosher. Rabbi Kiva does make one, uh, one, um, uh, 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 one point of leniency. And that is, is that it could be a Karov. Could be a relative. Now, the, in other words, the relative is not as bad as a regular puzzle. I know that sounds tr- funny, but it's true. Meaning, even though by Adus you can't have a puzzle, nor can you have a car of testifying. Uh, but over here, again, this is a shlama. It's just filling in that empty space. We already have the requisite number of kasher edim on the get. Remember, we had already uh, a minimum three people signing. It just happens to be that we have one more fold. And we're, and we're looking for an extra signature. So for to supplement now and, and, and to fill in that last signature, Rabbi Kiva says it can be a karav. Because anyway, a karav can testify in other cases. He, he just can't testify in this case. And then finally at the end of the Mishnah, oh, by the way, did you want to know what a gekereach is? It is. Well, I already gave the definition, but that's because I read ahead. Uh, the Mishnah tells us that it's the, um, it's where I have an extra fold one fold greater than the number of witnesses who actually signed on it. So my time to get So immediately the Gemara launches into uh, explanation number one. Well, it's really the only explanation. Why do I need every fold to be signed on the on the get on the get makusher? Meaning on the get makusher. So I have I don't know six folds, seven folds. There's no standard number. In other words, I need a minimum of three, but after that it could be four, five, six. Why do I need every fold to be signed? And the answer is because here's probably what happened. In other words, we, we're, we're getting a group of people together because the Cohen's going to be writing a get for his wife. And I don't know, the, let's say the room is filled with six guys. Okay. And he says, okay, you're going to sign on it. But instead of saying the word you, he says, the, the Hebrew, it comes out a lot better grammatically. Kulchem. All of you are going to be signing on it. Well, if in fact he says Kulchem, so we know that that basically now is a tonight. A condition built into the get that the get is only going to be worked, it's only going to work when all of them sign. If I'm missing any one of them, so then no good. So then, if in fact that's what happened, where six were there and he said, Kulchem, so now what the sofa is going to do is he's going to write the get Makushar. Again, it's going to be slower, it's going to be a more methodical process. He's going to, and he's going to expect, and he will put in six folds into it. Now, after putting in six folds, he's going to have all six of them sign. All six of them need to sign. Ah, so now what the Gemara is pointing out is that the reason why Ged Kerech is no good, what's the problem with Ged Kerech? I'm missing a signature. So what? 
I got six folds, I got five signatures, that's more than enough. So the Gemara explains, I know it's more than enough, but the concern is, is that maybe when the husband commissioned the writing of the get, and the six people were there, maybe he said the word kulchem. So for fear of that, for concern of that, we're always going to require that every fold be signed by somebody. So you're not sure what you said or not, you're assuming he may have said it. That's exactly what the Gemara says. Okay. Okay, so, uh, so, so the Gemara says, okay, so we had it in our Mishnah for Hashlama purposes, right? So for supplementing and, and filling in that last fold, so who can, who can sign it? Benana says anybody. And Rabbi Akiva says, no, not anybody. Just a Karov. In other words, obviously a Kasher could do it, but in other words, but a Karov, nobody, no other soul can do so. And the Gemara says, I want to understand Rabbi Akiva, I don't. Rabbi Kiva, Evan, my time alone. Why can't an Evan sign on it? Meaning, Rabbi Kiva, you're allowing a Karuf to sign on it. So clearly, you are already now well below standards of what is a Kasher aid. So if an, if a Karuf can sign on it, why can't an Evan? So also, I remember Kasher aid. But the Mishnah gave already a time for this. The Karuf, is, he could testify in something else. Okay. Oh, but the Evan cannot testify on a, on a different case. So your point is your point is excellent. Well, let, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. The, you'll see through the Gemara's discussion, uh, it'll become a little bit clearer. So, for Rabbi Kiva, my, my time alone. So, why why not why not ever by by uh, by Rabbi Kiva? So, So, the Gemara says because look, I have people there in the basin observing what's happening. Hey, that's an Evid, and he's signing. And of course, you know, in other words, the casual observer is not going to understand all the nuances. This is again Makushar. He's just supplementing that last fold. We don't want it to be Get Kerech because it's Zera Mishim Kulchem. Meaning, is he going, is the casual observer in the courtroom going to understand any of that? No. And so all he's going to be seeing is that there's an Evid signing on it. Oh, I didn't know that. And Evid's allowed to sign? Who knew? So he, a person's, Asalamemakashalaidus. So the Gemara says, Karvnami Asalamemakashalaidus. So the Gemara says, if we're worried about the casual observer, so then why don't we say the following? Casual observer is going to come into the courtroom and see a, 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 a relative signing on it. And again, he's not going to have the context to understand that this is a get He's not going to know all the details. And if you're worried about erroneous conclusions, why aren't you worried about erroneous conclusions as it relates to the cover of signing on it? So So the Gemara says, well, when it comes to the Evan, I'll tell you why. In other words, if the Evan comes in and signs on it, so what people are going to say is, ah, he's got yichus. Meaning, on, I write, uh, when, when, uh, getting red shiduchim. And, uh-huh. and, and, uh, and, uh, what about, what about his kid? Well, I don't know much about the family, but I saw him going to the courtroom and he was signing on a document. Ah, oh, good, good yichus. <laughs> so the Gemara says, Gazan debar yichsin who? So this kasher. So the alamatanan, Rabbi Kiva, Amir, and Mashem, Allah, Velokrovim, Marine, Laibe, Makamacher. Karavin, Gazan, Lo. If, if Yichus is the only problem, so is the only issue, so then why not have a Gazan sign it? Now, I understand in the Shidduch Resume world, so the father being a Gazlan may not be the best in terms of Yichus. It may not be the best. However, it really doesn't affect the kids' Yichus. It doesn't. In other words, the father's a Gazan, so what? In other words, in terms of when we're talking about Yichus, what we really mean is the pedigree regarding his kashras, the, to be a Jew. In other words, the father's behavior, okay, uh, not not exactly something which you know you want the grandchildren to emulate, but in terms of uh, in terms of yichus, a hundred percent, hundred percent good yichus. So the Gemara says, so fine. So if yichus is really the only 
governing issue, so then we should make a distinction between an Evid versus a Gazel. And, and Rabbi Kiva does not. So the, um, so the Gemara says, Ella Evid Hainutaima Dasalamema Shechru Shachare. So the Gemara says, well, when it comes to the Evid, again, if I see now the Evid in the courtroom signing on, on, on that last fold, so you know what people will say? I know he was an Evid, but now he's signing. Ah, I know what happened. His owner freedom. So the Gemara says, Gazlam Nami Asalamema Shuva Avad. So, uh, so the Gemara says, and when it comes to the, and when it comes to the, the Gazlan, so people are going to come into the courtroom and they're going to see the Gazlan signing. Well, that's really strange. In other words, he, this guy's a known thief. Everybody knows he's a thief, right? Uh, just last Shabbos at the Shabbos table. So everyone was saying, hey, that guy, that guy's a thief. Ah, uh, but now he's signing on it. Ah, uh, must be that he did tshuva. So in other words, so when I have an Evid signing, people will therefore assume that is, uh, that is owner freedom, which, May not, in fact, be the case. And when I have a Gazan signing, people will assume, oh, he did tshuva, which may, in fact, not be the case. So, karov ma'ikal ameim, or karov kuleyama yadid de karavu. Now, when it comes to a karov, so in other words, what was the state is, re- is related? Everybody knew that. There's no, <laughs> there's no change of status that could possibly occur. So, the Gemara says that the reason why Rabbi Akiva is okay with a karov as opposed to the others is because by a karov, everyone knows he's a karov. And just because he's signing will not change his status. In other words, he is a Karov, he was a Karov, he will be a Karov, right? That's always going to be the case. What was the Karov that was a Gazlan? Well, I, I, uh, funny, I was anticipating a different question. I, in other words, what if it's a Karov through marriage? And so that, that, that no, Karov status can change. His character, just because he's a Karov, doesn't mean that he's... A, Okay. Anyway, but I understand. But in other words, we're just we're 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 treating each category differently. When it comes to a gazlan, so that status can change. In other words, that's done the Ali Chuva, third parak of Sanhedrin, goes through the precise process in which a gazlan can go ahead and be reinstituted and and, and acceptable as a kasher aid and a kasher dayan. And and when it comes to an avid, he could be freed, and that'll change his status. So the only reason Rabbi Akiva will allow a karov is because. Nobody's going to be changing his status because he signed on it. Mashank and Gazlan and Evid. In other words, if people see that they, that they're signing on the document, so it could be that the people will now falsely assume that they went through a status change. What, what about an Asia? Um, I, according to Benanis, I don't know. It's a fair question. I, I'm totally open to the idea that Benanis would allow it, but I don't know. Uh, it would be, I'm, I'd only be guessing and I simply don't know. Okay, so here we go now with just numerous examples of what does it mean, a get kerech. Seven folds and let's say only six signed. Shisha ve'edav, chamisha arba ve'edav, shosha vadkar machlok is benanas v'rabi akiva. Okay, so seven folds, six signatures, six folds, five signatures, Five folds, four signatures. Now, there's a reason why we're being very specific about these numbers. So, in all of these circumstances, that's a machlokis between Rabbi Kiva and Bananas in terms of who can be the final supplemental signature to fill in all the folds. But if it is three folds and only two signatures, so here, Bananas and Rabbi Kiva are not going to argue. Over here... Everyone's going to say that we will allow only the curve to sign. Now, obviously, when we say only the curve, a kasher for sure could sign. 
But in other words, here it has to be a cover if it can't be anybody else. Now, so, Rebbe Zera says, I do not understand. Get Makusha needs minimum three. So, in other words, we can make the following equation. I know it's a funny equation, but by get Makusha, three is going to be equal to by a get Pasha two. By a regular get, I need two, and obviously, they have to be Kusher. So by the Gemma Kusher, now that there's a requirement of three, so Rabbi Zera says, well, if that's the base minimum, don't all three of them have to be fully kosher? So Amrle Afli Didi Kashali. So uh, Rabbi says back to Rabbi Zera, you know, that's a really good question. And you know, I had the same question. But he said to me, he explained to me, I'm gonna I'm gonna share with you the answer. And that is, it's true by get Makusha, you need minimum three. But that's not Minatorah. Minatorah, you only need to aid him. It happens to be that get Makusha is an institution that was designed for Kohanim when they divorce their wives. Because we want to slow the process down. So institutionally it was legislated that you will have one more signature, i.e. a third. That's a Din and not Din Daraisa. So since that third signature is a Din Darabanan, so hey Mamru, hey Mamru. So they're going to be a little bit more, more mako. Tanya Namihachi, we now have a Brysa supporting everything we just said. I'm reading this, I'm reading this quickly. Okay. Everything we just said, right? The Machlokas, Rabbi Kiva, Benanas, where I had seven folds and only six signatures. And now that seventh signature was done by an Evid. According to Benanas, that's fine. According to Rabbi Kiva, it's not fine. According to Benanas, she remarries based on this, on this get. Fine. According to Rabbi Kiva, not fine. Okay. Vichule, vichule. And then the Bryce also went on to articulate that if I had three folds and only two signatures, here we have consensus. We have agreement. Between Rabbi Kiva and Menanus, that the third fold can only be signed by a Karov, not by an Evan. Now, Rav Yosef, Masne, Kasher. So, um, now, um, in the bracelet that we just learned together, three folds, two signatures. So who's gonna, who's gonna be filling in that third, that third? So the Brysa said the word Karov. In Rav Yosef's version of this Brysa, he had the word Kasher. Vehatanya Karov, Amra Papitini Kasher. Okay. And so, uh, so Rav Papa and Rav Yosef are both of the position that the correct and edited version of the Bryce should not read Karov, but rather should read Kasher. In other words, they disagree. They're of the position that on a three-folded get Makushar and only two signatures and I need a supplemental third, the supplemental third can only be a Kasher, unlike the way the, the, way the Bryce was presented previously. Amar Rav Yochanan Ela Eid Echad Karov Bilvad. Okay, so, um, when we're allowing now for the supplemental signature to, in order to fit, in order to match the folds, so we're allowing someone that's subpar. According to Rabbi Kiva Karov and according to Benanas, it could be anybody. But the Gemara now points out that's only, uh, that's only the last one. In other words, if let's say I have folds, let's say the, the number of folds is X. Sorry for those of you who do not like algebra. 
So let's say the number of folds is X. So the only, the only number that will allow, uh, that, that will allow to sign is going to be, uh, one, uh, right, one below X. Right? That's it. In other words, uh, seven folds, only, only six half, six of them have to be kosher. Only one could be a subpar. And only one of them could be less than kosher. Now, the reason why is as follows, because, uh, if, let's say, let, uh, let's say, uh, on seven folds, I allow two of them to be non-sharim, so what's going to happen? So as Rashi explains over here, I mean, the Gemara says it, but Rashi explains it in more, in more detail. What's going to happen is, is that in the event that this get now is challenged, the validity of the get is going to be challenged. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to go to base and we're, and we're going to go through the process of notarization, otherwise known as Kiyamashtar. Kiyamashtar is going to require us to go, go ahead and validate every signature. Every signature? I don't need every signature to be validated. How many of those signatures do I really need to be validated? Now, if you told me two, by the way, I would, I would give you credit for that answer. Although the actual correct answer is three. Why? Because it's get Makushar. And get Makushar needs a base minimum of three. So of the many signatures that are on this get Makushar, I only need three of them to be validated. If two of them turn out to be Krovim, so what could happen, and over here I need a statistician. I cannot tell you what the stats are going to be. But the, in other words, what, but it could happen. In other words, that the, of the three signatures that are going to get validated, two of them could belong to Krovim, and one of them can belong to a Kusher. And now what it comes out that of the three signatures that we validated, two of them actually are not Kusher Adim. So because of all that concern, so we're only going to allow one non-Kusher aid to be supplementing on the Gedma Kusher. I'm Rav Ashi and Rav Ashi says, look, if you read the Mishnah carefully, you'll see... That's exactly what it says. And as we turn to the top of Pei Beis Aleph, so it's because in the Bryce's case, so all the examples that are given is where you were just one under the number of folds. So Now, where is the Karav going to be signing? Which fold is he going to be signing? The one slot, the two slot, or the three slot? Now, obviously the Gemara over here is describing where there are only three folds. Same discussion if there were four or five. In other words, where is he signing? Immaterial. It doesn't matter where the, where, where the puzzle is going to be signing. And the Gemara now points out that also when you are doing Kiyamashtar, so you don't have to do three consecutive folds. You could do any one of the folds, any one of the three folds, meaning let's say there are seven folds, which obviously means there are seven signatures. And now uh, the, the, the get has been challenged and now we're going to go ahead and notarize. So upon notarization of this, of this get, so we're looking now at the folds and at the signatures. It could be one, three, five. It could be one, three, seven. It don't matter which of the three that we're notarizing. And the Gemara points out, and, and look, you have to say this. Why do you have to say this? Because if we had a dedicated slot for the puzzle, if we did, so then here's what we could have easily have done. We could have allowed for one, two, three psalm to sign and the remaining four to be ksherim. And if we had a dedicated slot, we could just simply have the notarization, the kiyamashtag doing with the last four. Okay. By virtue of the fact that we are allowing any one of the signatures to be notarized, so that means to say that, that it caps us to the total number of psulim only being one. Because again, once you have two psulim, 
since we have no system in terms of which of the signatures are going to be notarized, you're always going to be running the risk of having two of those uh, signatures that are notarized being psulim, and that obviously is a problem. Uh, and finally, uh, the Gemara now, last comment on this discussion, and Rabbi Ami was asked, hey, uh, we need a supplemental signature. We have to get Makushar. There are seven folds. I'm just making up numbers. There are seven folds, only six signatures. So Rabbi Ami says, okay, so uh, there's an Evid out there. So I have him sign it in the number seven slot. In other words, what Rabbi Ami, what Rabbi Ami is saying is that I possibly like bananas. I do not possibly like Rabbi Akiva. Obviously, obviously that is a point of interest. Generally speaking, whenever we have a machlokus between Rabbi Akiva and a chaver and a colleague of Rabbi Akiva, we possibly like Rabbi Akiva, not like the chaver. And so for, for Rabbi Ami over here to paskin like Rabbi Akiva, so that obviously is a little bit strange. It's a little bit unusual. Okay. Anyway, Hazor Hazorik, that is the end of the eighth parak of the Masechta. And here we go. Uh, we are now starting this morning, the ninth and final parak of the Masechta. So over here, okay, this is a perfect example and illustration of how, uh, how Talmud Bavli works. Well, it's really the Mishnayos. So I'm, I, I shouldn't even, point my finger at Talmud Bavli, it's really the Mishnayos. We're going to be learning such basic uh, uh, basic points over here in this ninth and final parak of the Masechta. What are grounds for divorce? Right? You notice that we're right now 80 pages into the Masechta, and there are only 10 more to go. Right? We're finishing on Sadi Tzadi Aleph, and, and, and we have not even touched the topic of what are grounds for divorce. It's a simple topic. It's a pretty important topic. Have, it hasn't come up yet. It's coming up in our, in our parak. That and other really basic topics. And sometimes it happens. Remember how the Masechta started, right? When delivering a get from outside of Eretz Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael, you have to say, Befanenechta, Befanenechta. Meaning the, the, the Masechta started with such a detail within the delivery of a get. And, and over here at the end of the Masechta, we, we, we're now just going to be covering some of the more basic issues. Okay. And, and it's, I hope everyone understands. It's, God forbid. I, this is not a, not at all a criticism. I'm just explaining to you the style in which, uh, the, uh, we, we see these mesechtas. It's, this is pretty common in terms of how mesechtas get presented. Okay. So, uh, let's say man gives a wife to a get bought with a string attached. You can marry whoever you want. In other words, obviously, I'm divorcing you, but you can't marry him. And you, and, you, and you point, and, right, and obviously over here, it's a soap opera. So uh, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, so the husband has in his mind that, that, that his ex-wife cannot marry that individual. And he, stip- and, and I'm, now I'm trying to be careful not using the word stipulates. But I'm going to say, but, but I'm going to say, but I'm going to say, even though it's right, you'll see, you'll see why, right, when we go, the, when we get to the Gemara, I'm trying to avoid the word. And he stipulates and he says, I, but you're, you're marrying anyone, anyone you want, but not him. So according to the Chachamim, the get is a fail, right? The, the, the get's not a good get. And according to Rebbe Lazar, no, the get's fine. The, the, such a get would be acceptable. In a moment, stay tuned, we're going to explain this better. Now, according to the Chachamim, the get was a fail, but there's a fix. And the fix is very simple. Take the get back. Hand it to her again with the articulation of Hare'at Mutarsachal Adam. You can marry whoever you want. 
In other words, just take away the stipulation. Now, instead of making the verbal stipulation, what do you do? You make a written stipulation. You actually write it into the get. You're right there with the sofa. Here's what I want you to write. You, I'm divorcing you. You're free to marry whoever you want. But wait, wait, hold it, hold it. And you tell the sofa, except, I'm, write, write this down. Except you can't marry so-and-so. Okay. And now the sofa writes it into the get. Right? Sofa shouldn't have done that, but he writes it into the get. So now, so what's the fix? Well, in the previous case, we were talking about making a verbal condition, a verbal stipulation. But now, you're, it's, it's, it's baked into the get. It's written into the get. So now what? So erase it? So the Mishnah says no. No, you can't, you can't fix it by erasing it. And the obvious question is why not? That, that's coming up later on. So any eraser by, by any get. Um, okay, good, good, right? good, good, good. All right, you're already, you're already ahead. Okay. Okay, now, read the Mishnah really carefully, which is obviously what we're supposed to do every Mishnah that we learn. I'm just rereading the first two lines of the Mishnah. And put emphasis, you heard me say it, put emphasis on the word Ella. That word Ella. How do I translate the word Ella? So the Gemara gives us one of two possibilities. Back to the Gemara. Hi, Ella. When, when the Mishnah said the word Ella, Chutzu, does it mean it's an exclusion? Oh, Amanasu. Or does it mean it's a condition? Huh. There really are two ways to understand the word Ella. One is that it's an exclusionary term. Two, it's that I'm just simply making a condition. So, Chutzu, Chutzu, So, one way to understand it, that's an exclusionary term. And there we have a debate. And but if I said amanasu, then we have agreement that it's okay. Why? 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 Instead of an exclusion, it's a condition. Why would it be okay? Me did have a call tonight to ama, because isn't it like any other condition? Meaning, when you divorce a woman and you make a condition as part of the divorce, that's acceptable. Now, I admit over here, I'm just going to pause or slow down for just a moment. I admit it's a little bit difficult to understand because it's true that conditions, you are allowed to make conditions in writing a get. Back in the seventh parak of Armisechta, we discussed numerous conditions that are, that, 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 are, that, are, that are built into the get. But this condition is a little bit tricky because this condition over here precludes her from marrying a particular man. In other words, and if she goes and marries that man, it will undo the get. So it is a condition, but a condition that kind of like lasts, uh, that lasts with her what would seem to be indefinitely. And, 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 and that's not like the conditions we allowed earlier in the Masechta. Earlier in the Masechta, we talked about 30 days. We talked about giving a certain amount of money. In other words, those are conditions that can be satisfied. Over here, a condition that prevents her from marrying a particular individual, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a pretty heavy-duty condition. But, but meanwhile, what the Gemara is still trying to argue is that if the word Ella is coming as an exclusion, not as a condition, so then maybe the Machlokas in the Mishnah is only by, by exclusion, but by condition, maybe they would agree. Odum or maybe no. Maybe no. Maybe the word Ella is coming as a condition, right? And that's why when I read the Mishnah, he, I used the word stipulate. I didn't want to, but in other words, but I used the word stipulate. Which means it's a condition. And that's when we have a debate between Rebbe Lazar and the Chachamim. 
But if I said the word chutz, which is an exclusion, even Rebbe Lazar will tell you, well, that doesn't work. So I'm Ravina Tashma, Kolabatim Metamim Benegayim Ela Ashal Ovde Kochavim. So uh, let's take a look. Now, it's a funny place to make our point. We're going to be using a Mishnah in Negayim. Right? The Mesechta Negayim. It's Mishnah, it's in Seder Taharos. So uh, deal with the, uh, in, in, in detail and in length, uh, regarding the full treatment of Tzaras, identifying, right, uh, right the, the process of Tahara. Okay, good. So over here, we're talking about Nigei uh, Batim, the three types of Negayim, people, clothing, uh, houses. So over here, we're on Nigei Batim. And in discussing it, the Mishnah says, not discussing it, but the Mishnah pronounces that all houses are subject to Tumas Negaim. Ella shall ovdikochavim. Now the word Ella over there. There's only one way to interpret the word Ella. Exclusion, not condition. So Iamar Bishamachutsu Shapir. Right, that's that's the only way really to understand the Mishnah. Right? And it's an exclusion. It's not a condition. Iamar Namanasu, Amanasu la Metame Bati of Dikocham Hu de Metame Bati Israel. Let's try, let's try to interpret that Mishnah using the word condition. It's silly. The Gemara's, that's exactly the Gemara's point. Meaning, if, if non-Jews house becomes subject to Tumas Negaim, then Jews house don't. And if non-Jews houses don't become subject to Tumas Negaim, then Jewish houses do. It's a silly statement. And, and, so, first of all, it's a silly statement. And, and not only that, it's wrong. The houses of a non-Jew are simply not subject to Tumas Negaim. Not because they can't get it, just simply it doesn't have status. So, Vehatanya, Venasati, Negatsaras, Bebeis, Eretz, Achuzazchem. Eretz, Achuzazchem, Metame, Benegaim. Vein, Bate, Ovde, Kochavim, Metame, Benegaim. In other words, it's a clear drasha that only houses owned by a Jew are going to be subject uh, to Tumas uh, Negaim. So, Okay, so when we say the word Ella, there's only one way to interpret it, and that's Chutz. Okay, so um, the uh, the Mishnah is talking about Chutz. The Gemara now quotes a Brisa, which is not in agreement with our Mishnah. In the Brisa, so the Brisa says, by Chutz, there is no debate. Where is the debate? Only by Amanas. Rabbi Lazar says that when you say Amanas, even though you're excluding a man, right, you can marry him any man you want except him. So, uh, right, the, the, um, but you don't say the word except. On condition that you don't marry him. So, the get is a full divorce according to Rabbi Lazar, and according to the Chachamim, it is not. Okay, so the um, so now uh, my time at the Rebbe Lazar. Why? Well, in other words, why according to Rebbe Lazar is a condition acceptable? Me the Dava called Tanai Dama because it's a condition called Tanai Dama Lo Shari Le Beget. So Acha Acha Shari Le Beget. The I'm sorry, Virabanan. I missed an important word. Virabanan called Tanai Dama Lo Shari Le Beget. Acha Shari Le Beget. And what the Chachamim will tell you is that look, I'm also fully endorsing that a condition can be built into a get. But a condition that can be satisfied over here, the condition is that you can't marry so-and-so? That's, that may be a condition, but really what it ends up becoming is an exclusion. Okay. Okay, so let's finish up today's doubt with the following. According to our Mishnah, meaning, here's what we know. Okay, let's, let's outline everything very clearly. 
We have a machlokis between Rav Lars and the Chachamim where the man gives a get to get to his uh, to his wife, but uh, but but has a carve out. Now Rav Lazar says it's okay; the get's still acceptable, and the Chachamim say it's not acceptable. Now, when I say carve out, what do I mean? In other words, does it mean that's an exclusion? That's our Mishnah, or the Brisa that we just learned together? No, it's not an exclusion. If you actually say excluding so and so, that everyone would agree is no good. According to the Brisa, it's Amanas. The get is going to be an effective get, but only on the condition that you don't marry so and so. Ravalazar, even though an exclusion is out is 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 no good, but a condition is fine. And I know, by the way, I'm recognizing it's hard to understand what's the difference between a condition versus an exclusion, according to Ravalazar. I, I I am not properly understanding it. And therefore, I'm not going to be able to properly communicate. But that is according to the Brisa. And, but, but the, uh, but according to the Brisa, if you say the word chutz, everyone agrees that, that it's no good. Fine. Now, let's go back to our Mishnah. Umas Nisan my time of the Rebbe Lazar. Our Mishnah is, is, is teaching us that they're arguing in the case of chutz, meaning Ella is to be understood as chutz. We learned that through the Mishnah Negayim. So now when you say the word Ella, you mean chutz. And Rav Lazar will tell you, that's a good get. How does that work? Meaning the husband now is divorcing his wife, saying you can marry whoever you want, except, and then you start identifying who you can't marry. And according to Rav Lazar, that's fine. How's that fine? So I'm Rav Yana Mishra Mzaken Echad, Amr Krav Yatsa Mi Beis Avachav Aisal Ish Acher. Afil Oetira Ela Ish Acher, Harizem Agurashas. An interesting drasha, right? Even though you can only marry Ish Acher, just one other man. Meaning the definition of a get is, at minimum, an allowance for her to marry just even one other person. And that would be a good get. Now, Everabanan, so uh, skip skip the parentheses. Ha'ish, l'chol ish ve'ish. The Chachamun will tell you that is not how to understand the Pasuk. Proper understanding of the Pasuk is, ish means anybody. Not just somebody, anybody. Rabbi Yochanan, my time is the Rebbe Lazar Mehacha. A second way to understand the Shita of Rabbi Eliezer of our Mishnah. That Chutz is okay. And that is Ve'isha Grusha Me'isha. The woman is divorced from her husband. Me'isha, that's a mapik hey. That's possessive. It means from her husband. Which now teaches us Lo Yikachu. I'm sorry. A Kohen is not allowed to marry such a woman, meaning a divorcee. Afilo Nizgarsha Ela Me'isha. Nifsala Minakahuna. Amehavigita. So now, uh, according to Rabbi Yochanan, in interpreting Rabbi Eliezer, what is, what is the definition of divorce? Simply that she's no longer with her husband. Now this is, by the way, just talk about really like seeing this different than the previous way of understanding Rabbi Eliezer. Previously, she had to have been allowed to at least marry one other man. Here, Isha Grusha Isha. Even if her divorce only means that she's no longer with her husband, that already is Gerishin. That's, that's, that, that's obviously more extreme. So the, um, so, so, Amagita, Virabana, and the Chachamim will tell you no. In other words, what disqualifies a woman to a Kohen is not going to set the parameters of what is the definition of Gerishin. The definition of Gerishin means that she has to marry another man. I, what passes her to a Kohen, Kedusha's Kohen is going to be such that even if the Gerishin is not 100%, 
still she'll be possible to, she'll be possible to a to a coin. Yeah, yeah, very, very, I was thinking the same thing also. It's very similar to the idea of Rechaget. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna pause over here. Uh, tomorrow we'll pick it up with the question of of Rebbe Abba. Really interesting question, but we'll start it tomorrow. Okay, let's quickly recap our daf today. Okay, we finished the eighth parak of the Masechta, and in doing so, we went through uh, the very difficult topic of a get makusher get karech. Right, the fold to get that the Cohen is going to be writing for his wife. The delayed process in which. The Chachamim want to slow it down so that he'll rethink and reconsider because after divorcing, he cannot take her back again. And so the details are is that they're going to be a minimum of three signatures on the get, on the get Mekusher and depending on the number of folds, that's how many signatures that you're going to have. And what happens now if I'm missing one signature on one of the folds, it's what's called the Get Kerech, it's no good. Now it can be fixed by simply having a, a person signing on it. Who could be signing on it? Now it is a unnecessary signature because we already have the requisite. Now, the number is two or three, right? I, I know that. If you've been following the daft today, you understand, right? They're both right answers, meaning two midaraisa, a third midarabanan. But over here, I have seven folds, only six signatures. Who could sign on that seventh? Machlok is between Rabbi Kiva and Bananas. Bananas says anybody. And Rabbi Kiva would say, no, only a karav. Obviously, a kasha would be fine. But is anyone, anyone short of that? No, with a notable exception to a karov. Okay, why should that be? The Gemara went through that, and that was the end of the eighth parak. And then we began the ninth parak of the Masechta, in which we talked about a get that has a built-in exclusion. I'm divorcing you, but you, and you can marry almost anyone you want, notable exception to Plony. You can't marry him. Is that going to be a good get? The Chachamim say no. Rabbi Lazar says yes. And even though we have an alternative understanding of that machlokas between the Chacham and Velazar, they're not arguing about chutz, they're arguing about almanas, but that's a b'raisa. Our Mishnah is holding that they're arguing about chutz. You wrote the exclusion into the get, and, 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 and you wrote it as an exclusion, and yet Rabbi Lazar said that the get's still going to be a good get. How, how does that work for Rabbi Lazar? The Gemara gave two ways of understanding Rabbi Lazar. Even within those two ways of understanding Rabbi Lazar, mind you, of course, the halacha falls like the Chachamim, not like Rabbi Lazar.